We're going to connect. We are going to connect, and we're going to have a radio show, and here's some music to prove it. Yep, sure would love to change that world. We're sure pedaling just as hard as we can, and I don't know. Um, I Roger sails with you on the Radio Ranch Monday edition. That good old Monday, Monday, can't trust that day, and it's the December 12th date stamp here. Simulcasting on the Eurofolk Radio Network and Global Voice Radio. Thank you, Paul. Um, I, I want to uh, start out today, I guess. I got, I, I, I'm in a good mood, but I'm a little bit angry. I'm a little bit disappointed. I feel slighted. Okay. And, and that is the fact that I heard, uh, just on listening to the Sunday shows this morning, Kanye West was named anti-Semite of the year and I was not even nominated. Okay. And it just really, really upsets me. So maybe we'll try harder like Avis. Maybe next year we can at least get in the in the nominated field, you know? That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kanye's stealing my thunder, Nadine. Damn it. You need, you need to be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold it, Mike. You're over-modulating. You're over-modulating like crazy. I'm sorry. I said you can call me and I touch on Mike, just don't call me a liar. Yeah, well, uh, you know, so anyway, that was a big disappointment to me when I heard it. Um, the uh, Sunday shows yesterday were very good. We're just yakking a little bit. And, of course, Thumper did not even – he doesn't check during the week Skype very much. And so he didn't see when I forwarded him the, the clip from Sarah. And uh, we had to go through a little fumbling to get it because he couldn't get the right Skype account open yesterday. His computer's rebooted. And finally, Francine flipped it over there to him because I'd sent it to her last week. And uh, so we got to play that cold, okay? Start the show. Hey, I got something for you to play, Thumper. I think you'd be interested. It's really right up our alley here. We get that little segment played. I think they were shocked. Okay. There were some people sending messages in when the thing was playing going, what affidavit? <laughs> What's this affidavit thing? So uh, so we evidently hit a few new folks in the wheelhouse yesterday. And uh, I just want to thank Sarah. Uh, that is such a powerful tool that she delivered to us. And uh, Paul was great at you, you. You enhanced that a little bit too, I think, Paul. When you edited it out, and we've got the clip over there. And for those of you who don't know about that, it's uh, it's in Castbox over in the archives uh, on December the fourth, last Sunday. I've got a, a hole on Sunday because I don't upload any of our shows. So if I've got stuff like that, I stick it over there on Sunday. So that's where it is. Utilize it. It's very, very powerful. Okay. And uh want to thank Sarah again. We played it on both shows yesterday. Uh, and uh, it's very hard-hitting and very illustrative of the fact that for the people, and I understand why people think this doesn't work. Okay. The, you, you, you've been psychologically conditioned your whole life on how big and bad these some bitches are. And all of a sudden you find out they're nothing but paper tigers. Okay. It's all based on this little scam. And, uh, so it's hard for people to get over that. And I understand it, but we've got practical applications. You know, usually as I say so often around here, 
Um, the world doesn't change when you do this. Every, all y'all know it that have followed through on this. Uh, and you've got to be the change. Well, Sarah and her husband were obviously the change. Okay. And I would love to hear from Sarah the next time we hear from her. I want to find out if the, what effect this had on Sophia, the rebellious daughter. Okay. Cause that experience should have hammered home some real big lessons to her. All right. And fortunately they had done, they had done a good enough who, who keeps messing me here. Uh, they'd done a good enough job. Uh, with her that she uh, refused the jab seven times when they had custody of her if y'all remember listening to that and a couple she said a couple of times they spent 30 minutes trying to convince her on how negligent the parents were and this that and the other and whatever they had done even though she may be Sophia may be a little bit rebellious and the Lord knows that happens with teenagers we were probably all that way at that age one way shape or form or another but Sophia had been taught well enough and had the presence of mind to refuse that jab seven times. Okay. So uh, good for Sarah. I'm anxious to uh, talk with her again whenever she rejoins us. Uh, so that was good. The uh, interview with Stacy last night, and we're going to have that again today, was charming. Uh, did did most of you all hear that last night? Did anybody tune in and listen to the Stacy interview on RBN? Nobody? Roger, wow. I missed hey, Roger. I was working. Yeah, Gary. I did, Roger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did. No, okay. Well, let me get to Gary. Gary, what? Yeah, I was unable to listen to because RBN kept locking up this morning. Usually, I try to listen to your inter- Sunday night interviews on Monday mornings, but right. uh, you couldn't uh, RBN to work this morning. Huh. At least I couldn't. Okay. Well, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, They've got their own sets of problems, but. Well, we'll have Stacey I want to make on. Okay, go ahead. Aware that there's several videos. I've had two or three forwarded to me now going around the Internet uh, poo-pooing the national status. And if I you watch some. those videos, if you have any kind of education on what we teach on this platform, then you're going to immediately see several things wrong with these interviews. Is it a woman so that you, you said one of them was a, a kind of a middle-aged blondish woman saying this, what's wrong with the state national, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. She called them American national, yeah. state national. And okay. the code plainly says national. Yeah, it does. That is what you are. You are not a U.S. national. You're not anything else but a national. Well, you can be a U.S. national. Now, it does say that in the in the State Department policy document. All U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. So I advise well, people to use either national or U.S. national. They're both correct, I think. Most people on here are not from uh, American Samoa or Swains Island either, Roger. Yeah, but that's so, not the context that that's in, Gary. It, it, that's in the policy yeah. statement on American Samoans. The statement is, according to the INA, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. However, some U.S. nationals are not U.S. citizens. So that's kind of the way it goes. So I feel very comfortable advising people to use either one of those two. But you want to use that and quit, you know, quit uh, uh, putting an adjective in front of it. Okay. Uh, and I think that that woman's uh, rant, and I, I watched a little bit of it, realized she doesn't know what she's talking about, is probably aimed at Anna Von Reitz and David Strait, folks, you know, and whoever else is, te- is. teaching something out. She even re- she's referencing 
references them in there, and it's part of this state assembly deal oh, or whatever. Oh. But well, you see, can do whatever you want to. But if you got a bunch of slaves trying to organize it, <laughs> it ain't getting no headway. Well, you know the problem I've got with Ann. I've said it on here before: is this assembly thing. This is a, right now. This is an individual. At least the way I see our approach here, we don't have enough individuals to get state assemblies going. And you start getting in that, and now you're in the traditional politics. You know, yeah. The oh, the who's the assembly master? Oh, you can't come in. You haven't completed your test, or uh, all this political stuff that's going on internally there, and all you're doing is adding more confusion in my mind. Okay, Roger. So, yes, Merca. <laughs> And there's a lot of comments on the Epoch USA article from other people also um, downing down, uh, turning down everything that we're doing there too. And um, you mean us I, here, I, or, I just, or all all the whole no, community? No, the community. Yeah, some other people from other. Well, they groups, don't. Um, I, I, I've been they, telling y'all they're teaching wrong stuff. Okay, right. And they in there and on there, there was one where he was talking about U.S. nationals and that you're teaching about U.S. nationals and that you're teaching from Argentina. He has no idea. He has no idea about the detail that he's sharing on there. Right. And I'm like, you know what? There's there's a difference between a U.S. national and versus a national. Did you know that? No, I asked him no. the question. He has not responded. And I also mentioned it's clearly on the United I mean, on the 14th Amendment, where it talks about how U.S. nationals um, have civil rights. And then I also tell, no, no, no. I also citizens talk to United, him about. Citizens of the United States have civil rights. Right. Not, not um, national. I mean, that's what I meant, U.S. citizens. And um, I also told him that. Um, just, you know, that he needs to, um, before he starts putting any statements or posting on there, he should really, you know, review the information, yeah. um, because it's, it's misleading people that are trying to learn about this or that are even interested and they see stuff like that and turn away, unfortunately. Right. Uh, and it's just that, you know, it's part of the uphill battle we got to fight. I've been fighting this for many years, you know. And there's, and there is many encouraging David Strait and Anna Von Wright's on there too. Well, so they're going to have to learn their lessons the hard way. I mean, I, you, you know, I don't know what else to do than the best we can do is what we're doing. So, Roger, I, yes. I ran into this last night uh, where this guy, Bobby Lawrence, who is a, I guess, a student of David Strait, I think. Yeah. He put up some kind of thing talking about nationals in the United States. And he goes, that's all the evidence you need to show that. To prove that you are you have diplomatic immunity, oh, and I said that's that's not that's not the correct status. That's that's the American Samoan, and they promptly banned me from the group just for sharing the correct information. Well, there's your closed-mindedness of those people, and uh, we've run across it before. Jeff's tried to go to the straight group there in Dallas and talk some sense to them, and they just won't listen. You know. And, and it's the, I think what it is, is you get into this, you find somebody that you, you think you can learn from, you attach yourself to them and internalize whatever you can of their information. And from then on, they're, they're irrefutable. See? And, uh, it, it's a mindset and I don't know any way to get around it. Fortunately, we got some refugees, 
occasionally that bolt away from there, realize that it's a bunch of gobbledygook and go looking for another course and they find us good for them. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's a problem. That's why I've been bitching about it so much for so long is, you know, those folks that we do get that have, that have uh, uh, been refugees from those folks, you, you see how much we have to go through and unlearn with them i mean you got to go back and unlearn a bunch of that stuff and then teach them the right stuff so it 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 makes the burden twofold heavier you know but it's the burden we got so we'll do the best we can with what we got i don't know how else to handle it you know do i have to cross the bar hold on hold on let paul talk and we'll get the others what paul do i have to cross the bar to File an affidavit. Oh, please, please, please. Who was trying to say something? All this gobbledygook crap. Who was trying to say something? I was trying to say something. Yeah, Gary, go ahead. Come on. Well, first of all, Merka, I was talking about another thing. I, I'm fully aware of the Epoch Times interview, but I was talking about a different interview. And yeah. secondly, I'd like to point out that the Bobby Lawrence State National Guru charges $150 for his packet of info. Oh, does he? So, okay. well, good. Oh, yeah. We, we, uh, when I went over that video in the class, uh, we, we, we looked it up to find out what he was charging for his packet of information. And it's 150 bucks. Okay. So well, I like free better. Well, well, you know, the, uh, the other thing is that there's like in that group, there was about 43,000 people in there. But only about like maybe ten or twelve people would comment or respond to his posts. So I thought that was very unusual as well. Hey, Roger. Yes, sir. In terms of perspective on what's going on, you know, we need to realize that we are in a, a war, like not a hot war, but it is a war. Like I would argue that uh, World War Three was the uh, war on terror, and that right now we're in a uh, you know information war. Yeah, where we're being attacked by, you know, this whole COVID vaccine, everyone believes it's real and you can't, you know, and so in the same way they have their agents doing their thing, uh, pushing this disinfo against uh, the actual reality, the actual truth. Well, and you know, when, when you recognize that, when you see that it's actually, then it makes sense. You're not surprised. I'd like to think that they're not agents, that they're just people trying to do what they think is right. And unfortunately, they're hard headed. They've got uh, obviously a monetary uh, uh, f- uh, facet of this for themselves. And uh, it's just unfortunate. You know, I, th- I, I look at that where, where Jeff Rents looks at everybody like Mike Adams and so what does he call it? Beef stew, uh, but Stu Peters. I mean, I don't think Stu Peters is a plant. I think he's, you know, okay, he got some financing. Obviously, somebody uh, with a Christian bent uh, came in with money behind him, and he's a former bounty hunter uh, and stuff like that. But I don't think he's a plant. I don't think he's deliberately putting out misinformation. I like to look at the world as a half-glass-full thing, and I like to think all these people are trying to do the best they can to address and solve and maybe throw some light on some of these problems. I may be wrong. And maybe they are. Maybe they are. And but the thing is that we should recognize that the people that control the system, they get to pick and choose who gets to pro- gets promoted into these positions and who gets all of the media and who gets well, all the uh the attention. So what they'll do is they will pick people who are psychologically aligned or politically aligned or, or whatever have whatever background and they will give the answers or closer to the answers that the people 
that control the system like. You know, in, just like in the, in the mainstream media, no one ever tells a reporter what they can and can't say. But they wouldn't be promoted into that job, into that position, if they didn't already have the right thoughts and, yeah. and more importantly, know which thoughts not to have. Well, the only contradictory point I would have is remember when the Epstein thing came out and that reporter from ABC on the cameras go, I, we, they spiked this story. I had this a year ago. So, yeah, they do tell sure. them what they can't say, you know. Uh, but, well, they, but they spiked it. You know, they just didn't play the story. But of course, you know, that's what I'm saying. And she and wanted they, to say it, so and they wouldn't let. She wanted to give it out, and they because it would have made her a star, and and they wouldn't let her. So it it is a control sure. from the top down on establishment media, and they're real good at infiltrating. What did uh, who was this guy from Oath Keepers, Stu Rhodes? They just got the uh, convicted here recently. Did you hear how many people uh, the FBI had in uh, Oath Keepers? How many informants? 13 or 14? 13 or 14 people in the Oath Keepers close to the inner circle were all FBI informants. Okay. Wow. Well, imagine imagine how many uh, people are in the similar vein with this Anabon Rights uh, Assemblies, right? Well, you know yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, what, that's how they do this. You know, so they'll get an organic group of people and and that's how they can uh identify people and and so on uh well see that's why i know we're not being infiltrated i don't care if they listen hell they may learn something you know maybe it'll turn them who knows but they can't corrupt our information because we know it cold and it's truth okay no but they can they can so disinfo to other groups so I, i agree i'm not suggesting that we're you know that anyone here is uh uh you know, questionable, but uh, just the the perspective when you see other groups, you know, this this is very real. This is an info war. That's one thing that Alex Jones was ahead he, of the. Uh, I mean, he, he, he nailed he nailed it thirty years ago, folks. So it's always been info wars, you know. And I, I've mentioned because I'm a radio guy, and I was into this patriot stuff heavy as it started getting on the web and the radio station started popping up and stuff. I mean, I, I was aware of Alex Jones when he was sneaking around MacDill air force base before anybody knew who he was. Okay. And all the times of the Corpus Christi, uh, uh, a drill they had down there with the black helicopters when he'd go over every weekend and rebuild Waco and take up contributions through the Lowe's store there and all that. I mean, I've been aware of this guy for a long time. I got mad at him and didn't listen to him for a number of years, but, uh, I, uh, pardon me. Was a good one. Bohemian Grove. That all, all that. Well, McDillon stuff was a long time before that. But uh, uh, the guys, they're they're persecuting and prosecuting the hell out of him. Okay, so unfortunately, I don't I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't want to live my life with all that pressure on me, especially if I had a wife and family. Okay. Um, I told John and Kathy uh, we were going to schedule Stacy for an hour, and I told them last night we talked after the show. I said, "Well, y'all just pop on anytime you want." So they may pop on at any time. For those of you who missed Stacy last night. This girl is like a bottle of champagne, okay? You know, when you walk into a room and pop a bottle of champagne and all that effervescence comes out, she is a just a joy to talk to, okay? And has a great story. She's got a worldwide following. 
and uh, it's it's very interesting. So I'm looking forward to introducing her to you guys this morning, and we'll just let her roll hey, and tell her story again. Hey, Bob, good morning. Yeah, while we're on the subject of infiltration, had you guys seen how many ex-FBI, CIA toadies are, were, are, in Twitter, in executive positions? Oh, yeah. It just chucked me, in air quotes. Like 15 or 20 of them are vetting your right. tweets. Um, now, I've never been on Twitter. I, I, I go to it occasionally because that's where people post stuff and I read it, but I've never been on it. But it's just like so predictable, and yet we do it every time. Uh, I saw a little JPEG hey, uh, yesterday. I think Cody sent it to me, and uh, it was an exchange between a, tw- a tweeter. Like, is that what you call him? A tweeter and Elon Musk, the head tweet. And the guy was going, okay, that's all good about all that stuff. When is the COVID information coming? And Elon Musk's answer was, don't worry, it's coming real quick. Okay? So yeah. he, he's about to out Fauci for directly coordinating with Twitter to suppress all this COVID stuff. And Fauci got up in front of Congress and lied about that, on top of the two attorney generals, Louisiana and Missouri, that tried to corner him on it. You know, there's if you ever have to get in front of a grand jury or a jury, there's three answers that nobody can pin you on. I don't know, I can't recall, and I don't remember. Okay, now we've seen those used. Well, great with one of the, some of the Hillary Clinton things in Congress, they used it incredibly. But evidently, in this deposition where the Attorney General of Missouri and Louisiana grilled Fauci, he used it two hundred and seventy-two times. Here's the highest paid employee in the federal government. And and he can't remember 272 different things. So uh, that's fixing to come out and bite them. They're getting exposed all over the place, folks. Uh, I mean, all this stuff is coming unraveling on them. And it's encouraging because you know they're panicked. But then again, it puts them in a real bad situation. I think that's evidenced by what happened this weekend over in Ukraine. Uh, and the the extra offensive measures are taken. The uh, Pentagon coming out, whoever the head general is, Miley or whoever it is, coming out and said, "Yeah, we're officially at, at war with Ukraine." Or and the guy, the head of Raytheon, was on one of the Sunday talk shows, going, "Oh yeah, well the Russians never anticipated all this technology we've got, where we can hit a fly on a daisy 150 miles away and know about it immediately because of the satellite communications." And so they're they're coming right out. This is desperation right here. Their whole financial thing's about to crumble and get exposed. The only way traditionally they've been able to overcome that is in world wars. That's one and two right there. And uh, that's what's happening right now. So the more I mean, Putin comes out and basically says we're, we're at nuclear level now. And uh, so it, it, it's getting to be a precipitous situation, folks. So, hey, Roger, you know about the University of North Carolina and the gain of function? Yes. Yes, Ralph okay. Barrett. Ralph Barrett up there being directed by Fauci. You know, yep. I was hearing, I was hearing, I was talking, somebody was talking about it on something I was listening to. Fauci, well, well, as we're in his position right now, he's got control over, I forget if it was 12 or 14, 12 or $14 billion in grant money. 
and he assigns all of that. That's where his power is coming from. Well, he's got more power than you think he's got because he can shut down any university in the United States if he uh, needs to. Yep. Now, this is what happened at at the University of North Carolina. The gain-of-function research was going on at the University of North Carolina and Yale University. Right. And this is the beginning of it. Legislative branches told him not they can't do that. Right, not going to have it here. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> come the uh, you know they, they moved it over to uh, China. Well, the guy from North Carolina was a head man on this gain of function stuff. Right, Barrett's his name. Yep. Now uh, here comes uh, somebody uh, finding out the, that the um, African American curriculum is a farce. Because the secretary of one of the, I don't know, I guess he was a secretary of one of the vice presidents. She was doing all the grading. There wasn't any classes. Uh, now this is a this is a a, a, a curriculum. Um, one of the majors in at, at the university. So they find out all this stuff about what they're not having classes. People can't even spell uh, the um, and make a you know a paragraph. And um, they got degrees going out right. left and right with African American uh, curriculum. Right. They were starting to research this thing, and what they were doing. Uh, one lady came on the air from Florida. She was a, over the academics uh, of all the universities in the United States, and they were doing an investigation. They said if we find out what they were really doing, they could lose their whole accreditation, and they wouldn't be a university anymore. And everybody had the um, was at the university by the time it, uh, it was 21 years of that, that curriculum, not having any classes or anything. So they were about it's ready a, to shut down the University of North Carolina. Yeah, it's, it's, and all of a sudden, it was all gone. Yep. The investigation was all gone and everything was fine, and they're now still a university. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. No, it's a travesty what's going on in the country, what these guys have done. Undermine. What's, what's that? What, how did Thomas Jefferson put it? Miners and sappers? You know, that's an old term. Uh, well, mining and, and sapping. If it's happening, uh, go ahead, Bob. If it's happening at UN, if it's happening at UNC, it's, it's happening like everywhere. Yep, it's happening everywhere. For the one you see, it's happening everywhere. Yep, yep. And, uh, I mean, you know, we're going to take the country back. What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to start? I mean, it, it, what they've worked so many decades under the surface, out of sight, putting the termites into the woodwork, and now we got a rotten house, folks. I think this is what Daryl says. It makes so much sense. The uh, political repentance. Yeah. So unless you apologize for what you've done and your mistakes and, and come to terms with it yourself, you can't move forward. You know, if, if you're pointing at the other guy. Well, you know what they say when you point one finger out, there's four pointing back at you. Um, so it's a, you know, I mean, it's the, that, that, I, that's why they, the Bible tells you, you can't fight this. You got to remove yourself from it and we're going to have to rebuild. And that again is why this information is so critical. And I encourage people to get your arms around it and spend time with it because in the future, it's going to be even become more critical in a rebuilding. Okay. We're not straightening hey, this Roger. thing out. All right. Yes. Um, 
So I just I talked to Kelly Alexander on uh, Friday. Okay, who's that? Uh, she's the she's the uh, the woman oh. that does the revocations oh, oh, of elections. Oh, okay, yeah, tell us about it, Joe. All right, so um, she actually called during the show, so I actually jumped off the show to speak right, with her. Right, I remember um, you telling we, us. And we talked for about an hour. So she she gave me a rundown about what she does. Um, basically, she sends in like a, a couple affidavits, right? That she has kind of like pre like pre set up for to, people to IRS and, and to it, IRS, right? Not the Secretary of State. Correct. Yeah, yeah for the IRS. Right. Um, she didn't talk about having to change the status or anything because apparently anyone can do a revocation of election. Correct. But see, cha- doing a revocation of election with the IRS doesn't change your status with the Secretary of State. It just changes it with IRS for a three-year period. Is my understanding. But no, she said it's for the entire lifetime. You can't. So, you can't file it with IRS and get that done. It's got to be done with the Secretary of State. IRS is not even a government agency. Oh no! I'm just, I'm just talking about the the uh, ROE. Yes, I know the that. revocation. But yeah, see, we filed with IRS too our affidavits after we put them in the property records office and put them on public notice, and then we'd send it to the IRS, and we still all got five thousand five hundred dollar at that time frivolous filing penalties. Now, uh, I and that shut the whole thing down. That one thing they did, okay. But you cannot change your status with the IRS. They're not even a government agency. How could you change your status with them? Oh, no, she didn't talk about that. She she was familiar with the national status, but she didn't know that much about it. Right. She's she's warring to the this whole tax thing. She had her own issues with the IRS in the past. Uh, that's how she got involved in this whole right. thing. Well, they make their uh, own she, wor- they make their own worst enemies. Look at me. Go ahead. Yeah, but she was taught by um, one of um, Adele Weiss's associates that worked with him, right. and he taught he trained her on this stuff. So she'd been doing it for about ten years. Um, one thing she also has like another service which we didn't really talk about much, but she has like this uh, redemption lawful money redemption service. Yeah. Um, but we didn't really talk about that much because I wanted to really ask some questions about the revocation of election. Because I know some, a lot of people here have sent in letters to the IRS and got very odd correspondence back saying, a few. Uh, we received, you know, we received one of the following items from you or your authorized third party correspondence, telephone inquiry, payment form response or other, and maybe a couple other things before we can resolve this matter. So I asked her what that was about. And she said, well, that means that they actually took you out of the system as a taxpayer, but they're trying to bluff you. Right. It's like the IRS's version of a bluff letter. Well, they're good at um, it. Yeah, so they also said they, they're going to stop for notices with, with you, right? That's It says in the letter. So basically, they I mean, they took you out of their system, but they're not going to confirm it with you, but you're out. So if anyone got that letter, just take a look and see if it says if it's from Philadelphia, because I got one, and it says Philadelphia, Yeah, which – which is confirmation that they went, it was because I sent it to DC and I got the letter back from Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And she said, well, yeah, they had to send it there because you're a foreigner. So they, they switched you over to non-taxpayer status, but they won't confirm it with you. Um, the Philadelphia service center handles all non-resident alien returns. I remember that from, we knew that 30 years ago. Okay. Right. 
Right. Um, so she yeah. just confirmed that. So if anyone has one of those odd letters from the IRS and it's and it says it's from Philadelphia, that's what happened. Well, tell her if you would, or if you speak with her again, I'd love to speak with her. Okay, but because mm-hmm. I was at the I was at the start of what she's doing, you know, and I know the background, and she probably doesn't. And if you'll issue that invite, if if she wants to talk, I'll be more than happy to speak with her. Okay, off the air. Okay. Yeah, I told her about like what you were doing way back in the day, what your teachers were doing, and well, my she, teachers are she, the ones that came up with her process. Right. Well, she was very interested in hearing more about that, and uh, you know, she does have like some other forms in case like the IRS rejects the original revocation. Yeah. But she said she's she's never gotten one person out but she says one of the key things is that she doesn't ask for money back i know john got money back but i don't think he asked for any oh, money oh so her plan is approaching the irs to get people out of the system they're not requesting the three years back money correct and she thinks that gets them out of the system but it doesn't it only it might get them out of irs but it doesn't get them out of the system Joe, this is John. I actually did request that. So oh, you it, did it, request it. <laughs> so that's yeah, awesome. I don't, I don't think they're going to give us anything without requesting it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can confirm, Roger, I had sent you that a copy of that letter that Joe just cited um, to your email. It was one of the first documents I, I sent you. Um, I did receive that exact letter from Philadelphia um, shortly after submitting my original uh, cover letter and affidavit to uh, the IRS, which followed, you know, I only waited like maybe two weeks after I filed with the Department of State to send it to the IRS. Um, so that letter was a little trivial to me, and so that's why I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can confirm, like, we did get the same thing. I had never sent any communications to Philadelphia. However, that is where yeah. uh, that letter came from. And I thought it was important. I cited that exactly because uh, you had made mention that that's where nationals are handled out of. And I just thought it kind of uh, ironic that that is a service center it came out of, though I never sent anything there. It's interesting because the people that are submitting the notice to D.C. or whatever are getting responses back from Philadelphia. Yeah. That shows you they're handling it internally, interestingly, <clears throat> doesn't it? And I would also like to add, I've had a lot, a lot of people uh, message me uh, one-on-one about the ROE stuff. So I just wanted to say publicly, I'm not ignoring anybody. Um, I had let... Uh, Merca, uh, know that I, I kind of suggested that maybe we just pick a time to stay on after the call one day and discuss it. I figure it's, it's just an economy of scale. Uh, I don't think I can literally handle every single person one on one that's asked questions, <laughs> but I'm happy to try to do, uh, a, a call. You ought to sit in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't envy it, Roger, but thank you for what you no, do. No, it's great. I, I I like doing it, you know. It's just sometimes the trivialness of, of it. It just swamps me yeah. with emails, and people want to send me these long, detailed emails. I just have a hard time reading them, you know, and concentrating yeah. on it because so, i got to magnify everything so much. And it, so it, it gets to me occasionally, but I kind of blow it off. Yeah. So I think hey, we Joe, can probably address the majority of questions um, if we just kind of do a group session. And then if there's still questions after, obviously, I'll I'll do my best to answer those on a one-on-one basis. Right. 
Well, I think it's great that there's a lot of people who've got the balls and wanting to pursue this. I think that's good, you know, because I do think we've got them. And what this Kelly uh, Alexander, isn't that her name, Joe? Kelly Alexander? Yeah. Well, if she doesn't understand the Secretary of State and the feudal system aspect of this, well, I think it would, would really broaden her horizons to have that knowledge. I agree. She she also because I asked her like what about people getting loans like how like mortgages or loans. She said you know the the work around that is to get to find a letter a lender who will take bank bank statements over um over uh, uh, a ten forty returns yeah right. So that was pretty um, simple. Solution. So the means that I was going to use to narrow that down, Joe, is if you can find a bank that makes a statement that they will work with small business owners, um, those are the ones that are most likely to work with people on a bank statement basis. Um, just by virtue of the stuff involved in somebody that runs an LLC or an S corp, um, there is one bank, and I, I'm not going to put any plugs in for anybody. I'm not associated with any banks, but there is one bank that I have done business with in the past that um, if you go to their website, they do say, hey, we work with people on a statement basis. Um, I'm not going to put their name out there, but if somebody wants to is ask, it a, they is can it a certainly lo- ask me one-on-one, um, John, is it and it a would lo- be a good start. Is it a local Georgia bank or is it a national bank? It, n- no, it's a national bank, which okay. is nice, so that it should work for anybody. I can just say I've done business with them before, and they were really stand-up, so it was less than an arbitrary pick when I saw them because I've just had good experience with them. Uh, the other the thing I'd suggest if you're in that market to do that, uh, go check with your local credit unions. Okay, so I, I don't know the, the viability of that, but I think you might have some success checking at credit unions. They're a little, they're a horse of a different color in the banking world, kind of. So there were two or three other people wanting to say something a second ago. Who is that? Now you don't want to say it? Hey, Roger, this is Steve in Colorado. I uh, had a question regarding the uh, the connection between opting out at the national level with the U.S. Secretary of State, putting everybody locally on state on notice, and then how that how that factors into the things that a lot of people deal with, traveling, that sort of thing. Um, like, for example, Colorado was a state, didn't become a state until, I believe, after the 14th Amendment was ratified. How did, what's, what's the, the jurisdictional connection and what are we subject to within our states um, as far as the revised statutes and those kind of things happen? Uh, is it similar to how it works with with the federal government, where we're outside the jurisdiction? Yeah, but it should be. If our state, if our, if our state was created after all that, and then they've created should, all these you know, it, revised it, statutes afterwards, how does that work? I don't think it's going to make any difference because all the statutes they're bringing in are related to residents, to citizens of the United States. And what I found particularly interesting about Sarah's story out there in Colorado was they were visiting Colorado; they hadn't noticed anybody. They weren't even expecting to go to Colorado. It was kind of a spontaneous thing to heal a a strange relationship with her husband and his brother. And so they hightailed it out there, and all this happened to Sophia, and all they did was present the affidavits. Okay, So I think that's particularly interesting, and that might go a little ways to giving you some illumination on your question. 
Yeah, I listened to the interview uh, or listened to that part, and it was fantastic. That's just north of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, oh, I need to ask so, you a question that Thumper mentioned yesterday. Have you all heard anything about a shootout between the Marines and the Army closing an interstate south of Colorado Springs on a shipment of guns in an 18-wheeler? Have you heard anything about that? I hadn't, but I'll ask around. Okay, please do. Uh, Thumper brought it up yesterday just kind of at a whim at the end. And I said, I got some listeners in that area. I'll pose that question. So I'm glad you came on today. Ask around and see if there's any validity to that. He's his, what he got was they, there was a fight between the army and the Marines over a uh, 18 wheeler load full of weapons that that was going somewhere. And it actually closed down one of the interstates and they had a, some sort of a gunfight. It sounds a little far out to me, but that's why I wanted to ask. I hadn't heard anything of it, but okay. I, I follow a lot more national stuff than I do local stuff, but I'll, I'll ask around to people right. that are a little more connected from now, that, that level. Steve, are you close to Sea Springs? Yeah, I live in Colorado Springs, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, good. Yeah, ask around because I think the re- purported incident happened around that area. Hmm. I will have to check on it. Yep. Um, I had that thought as you, were, as you were mentioning that uh, real quick on the state stuff is if – a lot of our states, the the entire process that they operate under, as is since the bankruptcy and the reorganization and everything being under the corporate DC umbrella, that our states and all the rules and regulations and statutes that happen underneath them currently are really just subsets, subcorporations of the main corporation. And by yeah. pulling ourselves out right. of the the main DC corporation, you, you we're also pulling out. ourselves out of that. The state, the visible they, front end state one. They've turned the states into political subdivisions, is the way I understand it. You know, and they're all just extensions of DC. But you can see right there in your own state with somebody that hadn't done any local notices that it works. Okay, where is Children's yep. Hospital, uh, Steve? That she was. I think about. she was said she was up and just south of Denver or in Arvada. Thornton. Um, Thornton what I heard her did I hear her say the word Thornton or something like that? Maybe it's Thornton. Yeah. So that's that's in between, kind of around. It's around the Denver metro area. Okay. Okay. Hey, Roger. Yes, sir, Gary. <clears throat> it's my study that's shown that uh, all the states, whether before or after the Fourteenth Amendment, were brought in with the original status of the Thirteenth. They had to be. Well, they so probably have to bring them in that way, and they convert them. I, I would think, but they're obviously beholden to the federal government, right? And then two, there's um, I, I don't remember the name of the act or whatever, but the, it was brought in that all the codes and regulations are the same in every state, right? Well, that's everything's so, uniform. See. That's why you got right. uniform that, traffic code, uniform, uniform building code, the uniform uni- act. right? And the, and the reason so, they do that is because they can control from the top down. Exactly, but that might answer Steve's question about whether Colorado was brought in before or after. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think okay. it matters, yeah, Steve. That's my feeling. Okay. On it too. Yeah, I just I was curious because I I like to be able to create the the picture and understand from the beginning to end that's why i'm as i'm going through your book i like it because it it paints that whole thing and pulls everything together and uh it certainly makes sense from a federal perspective but then you get into the state area um 
and now you're a, a national, which means your citizenship came from being born in one of the United States. Well, not necessarily um, now. Be... Not necessarily, because remember, naturalized people can make this switch, too, even though they're born in a foreign country. That's true. Okay. And you look at it this way. Before the 14th Amendment, if they naturalized anybody, it was done in the state. After the 14th Amendment, it's all been shifted federal. Okay. The 13th Amendment, when you really look at it and understand how the two work together, the 13th Amendment was a setup so they could throw the broad net over the states and make everybody federal citizens. That's why they let the Southern legislators back in to vote on it, because it dealt with the, with the several states. Okay. But that's what the third, that's why the 13th Amendment was so critical to get the old one out and get this little setup in, because it set up them throwing the net over everybody with the 14th to be able to rope you into federal citizenship. Remember, 13th says their jurisdiction, 14th says subject to the jurisdiction thereof, singular. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They took their hand a little there. Yep. But, you know, it's interesting. Nobody's ever, I've never seen any commentary on that. There may have been that I just hadn't seen. But from the passage of the act in 1868 until we're dealing here today, nobody's ever made that differentiation. And the reason why is because they didn't understand their end game. We know their end game. Now we can go back and dissect how they got there. Yeah. Hey, Roger. Well, yes, sir. It was Steve, finish up. Do you have yeah. something that we'll go to whoever was uh, I was just going to say I'm, I'm literally folding my uh, cover letters and affidavits that are going to the IRS and the state treasury, and then uh, the next couple of days will be all of my local state folks. So Fantastic. everybody is being put on notice. Good man. Congratulations. Uh, I was trying so, to say Roger, something. if I may, yes. question. Yes. Um, and this is kind of aimed back at Joe, but just to reiterate what I think you said, Joe, was it when you were talking with the, the lady, um, Kelly Weiss Paris, you can tell Kelly, when you were talking with Kelly, she had indicated then that the cover letter and the affidavit basically following Roger's process, that was it. Like that's all we needed. So really like this other ROE, if you're not asking for any money back, I guess is what I'm seeking clarification on is that like no further ROE documentation <laughs> would be needed. Like we, is that a correct assertion? Yep. Yeah, that's because she said all basically it's like uh, an affidavit or two affidavits with a cover letter, and that's it. And every once in a while, they might rebut somebody or something, and then she has like a proof of claims letter that she sends out to them. So just like these other agencies, they just periodically throw, pick, arbitrarily pick somebody and throw them out a bluff letter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what we just got from the oh that that the, thing is uh, FOIA office, right? I mean, that's the shittiest letter. Sorry, that, I, that's I, the no, worst letter. It, I've it seen is in forever. It is absolutely. I mean, I used the term the other day. It's sophomoric. If that's the best they've got, man, they got nothing. They couldn't carry piss in a boot. Okay, is that that Kelly Robinson letter? Yes. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that thing's pitiful. I've been thinking about it a bunch because we're going to draft something to respond to them, even though it says specifically you do not need to respond. Well, that means, hey, where's the open door? I'm responding to this thing. and uh, uh, But the whole thing is just, 
if that's the best they got, folks, I mean, it even makes their situation more bleak, really. Maybe we just send it back on a piece of paper, laugh emojis. I <laughs> could do that. It is, it, it, it is comical. Yeah, Paul. My, bu- my bluff letter came today, do uh, Okay, good for you. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the crowd. They must be blanketing everybody with this because now they're still sending them out after they started, what, a month, month, six weeks ago, whatever it was? Yeah, I sent mine in, what, July, something like that. Right. And July 23rd was when I got my card back yeah. confirming that they had received it. Right. And uh, and now they're sending me this letter that has nothing to do with what it I It has buy. the color letterhead, the fake letterhead where they did it in a copier and the same thing. And the yellow envelope and all that. <laughs> yeah. And yours was handwritten? Um, Actually, it's in all the room. I filed it under um, B for One, box. Go, go run in there and look and if you've got the envelope and that the mailing envelope. And let's see how they did that, Paul. If you could, I will be right with you. Okay, good. Paul's going to run off and do that. Probably wand his yeast on the way. And Roger, uh, yes, hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Who are you? Oh, great. Okay, I just found it interesting. I walked in when you guys were talking about Kelly Alexander. What's going on, Joe? <laughs> um, was that Annie? Yeah, that's my Good morning. Who, who's Roger? Who's the female? Hey, Roger. Good. Good morning, Roger. It's Annie. Hey, Annie. California. Hey. Um, I have, I have a quick question. Do um, do you have, still have to file federal and state taxes when you're a national? Well, you're not obligated to. But would it be a good idea, or does it matter? Or? Well, um, uh, if you don't owe me taxes, why do you want to file? I know. I just I don't know. I was just trying to find out because you said something earlier that made me think. You said that they take care of all the non-resident alien and those taxes in in Pennsylvania. Philadelphia is the service center. They got them all over the country that exclusively handles non-resident alien returns. If you were doing a revocation of election, the way John and them did it is if I remember, because I was totally green that first weekend, but we sent in three 1040 in ours because the revocation of election says that you can change that you've been filing in the wrong status notice it says you've been filing in the wrong status okay mm-hmm. it doesn't say that you're that you're the wrong status you've just been filing that way and that you can yeah. submit that and and under the regulations you can go back three years and request three years of what you filed previously under the other status back but that doesn't change your status with the secretary of state the irs is not mm-hmm. a government agency okay they're a quasi government okay, agency but so, but if if you go to their jurisdictional statement, Annie, and it says you know an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents, and to the extent of eight seventy one B and eight seventy seven B, all non resident alien individuals. Well, that's the national. That's what you've changed to when you filed your affidavit with the Secretary of State. Unless you have taxes in those two specific sections. I wouldn't suggest you file because you don't owe them anything. If you file a 1040, you're signing a contract and sending it to them. Yeah, that's what I wondered. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Uh Okay, what about um, this year since I'm half and half? 
Um, well, I'm going to leave that question up to you because it's a gray area and I can't answer your question definitively. Okay. All my right, feeling well, is, for- well, my feeling is this, that they're not going to come after somebody and risk bringing this into some kind of a forum. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's my feeling. I don't know how that is technically, but uh, mm-hmm. it's just one of these gray areas. I just don't know, you know. Okay. Well, thank you. So if you want to hear, here's what I tell people, Annie. Hold on just a second. Annie, if you if 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 it's going to make you sleep better at night, you pay them for the, for this year. Well, yeah, that's uh, probably okay. what I'll do. Okay. So, yes, hey, Roger. He, yes, Gary. Was that you, Gary, trying to say something a second ago? Yeah, I wanted to point out that uh, we've referenced the Brushaver case and – that the railroads were authorized or incorporated by the United States, the Correct. corporation. Correct. And if you notice everything that's been in the news lately about the president and other things stepping in with the railroads and settling their contract. Right, right. It, it still holds true today that the corporation, the U.S. corporation, has incorporated the railroad. And there's good proof right there. Yeah, well, you got to realize, you know, if they were doing a railroad from, from the East Coast to the West Coast, they'd have to go and get every state incorporated. And they just do it at the federal government because it's interstate commerce. Yep. Okay. Also, Roger, has anybody, anybody found this outlying territories thing? I'm hoping because so. Because I, I wanna, we're going to include I it. I can't find it. Well, it's and in there Gina somewhere. Gina and I spent two hours researching title. I mean, U.S. Code 8, U.S. Code 12. We cannot find it's, this outlying it's territory in it's anywhere. In, it's in 8 somewhere, and we just hadn't nailed the section yet. And it's one that I didn't come well, up to memory. I, I, I downloaded the PDF and did a search. It's not in there. Well, I've seen it quoted as Section 8 before, Roger. Jerry, so that's all I know. There's outlying yeah. possessions. No, it says yeah. outlying territories specifically. I, I've seen it. About? I've seen it too, Roger. I yep. know what you're talking about. Yep. Did you look in 48, Gary? It's not in 48. Uh, it's we, in 8. I, maybe someone took a screenshot. If they have one, they can share it. But um, I was talking with Lauren, um, chatting with her on email, and she's been looking too, and she she can't find it either. Um, she thinks that also thinks that um, they might have changed the wording on on the web, and I'm looking at a old law book, um, searching the information in there too, and I took some screenshots. I'll send them to you, Roger. But I, it doesn't say territory. Um, I mean, it has it in a different area, but it doesn't have it right at, under. Um, what you're saying so i'm I'm still looking and lauren's helping me so okay well y'all keep investigating yeah. it. and to answer bob's question yeah i looked in 48 matter of fact i read a whole bunch of that gobbledygook and it doesn't it's not in the syntax or the way we're looking at it in 48 well, yes there is the word territories in there but it's not like what we're trying to find right well, it's somewhere. I, I, my memory tells me it's in Title Eight, and but we'll we'll find it. Well, Roger, I don't doubt you a bit because I I've never found anything that you've told us to be untrue. So maybe Merck is right. Maybe they went in and changed it on purpose 
so that we well, could it, find it. This is it. Well, see, this is in revised statutes, and they'd have to come out and do an annotation to change it. In other words, you know, if you go to the law library and in, in the at the back of the statute books, there's a little pocket where they add annotations when they change stuff. Okay, and they would have had to go in specifically and change that. And uh, well, we'll see. Okay, I don't know. But I've seen it before, not just once, numerous times. But I just never committed committed the section to memory. It's too bad. Here again is where we miss Chris. See, this is what Chris was so good at. Yes, Roger. he was. Yes. yes. Roger, another another thing I found was, um, like I was looking at, uh, like, sovereign citizen state of the United States. They have it under the northern Mar- 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 Mariana, Mariana Islands. Islands. Yeah, I think, it has, I um, think the northern Mariana Islands at one point must have been kind of included in that grouping of American Samoa, I think. Okay. Yeah, and they have like all the other countries or um, islands, but they also have United States on there, sovereign state, and this is United States on it. And it says from January 9th, 1978. November to November fourth, nineteen eighty six. Seventy eight to eighty six. This is specifically for the Northern Mariana Islands. Right. Yeah. I sent you a, a picture of it. Okay. Well, just some of these gray areas. Who knows what these bandits have done? You know. Uh, but I. But that uh, that statement at the bottom that Allen found on the certificate of non-citizen nationality that one sentence gets you out of jail free card uh was key to the northern mariana islands and they're just a possession that's all they are their territory raj yes real real quick i went and got my letter yeah uh envelope is really interesting it's yellow it does have a printed united states department of state return address okay um it was uh, um, rc.sa-2, and they they wrote out sa-2 okay. and wrote in D266. Yes, they change it somehow on the return address by hand. That's highly unusual, folks. Yeah, and uh, they hand-addressed uh, it. Nice penmanship. Oh, they did. Anyway, they, um, hand, they did handwrite the address to you. They hand wrote it, <laughs> and they wrote it in the proper format, care of, and my address, exactly as I as I specified on my affidavit. Um, it was metered mail, so they actually uh, put fifty seven cents postage oh, on it. Oh, now that is important. Yeah, they ran it through a postage meter they, and printed a, a, the postage folks, on the envelope. Agencies have franking privileges, just like Congress. They don't pay for postage. Yeah, this uh, seems like yeah. an operation. You know, this could be a, a thing where they send this out, and if you respond to it, now you've demonstrated the you know, and and you know, we've given them their, our information. You know, so this could be a uh, what do they call it a fishing well, we'll, operation. Well, right? well, we'll we're going to land them a marlin. Take a picture of that, Paul. The the letter itself, um, it's all black and white. There's no color on it anywhere. Okay, now some uh, of the early ones. Did you show them the camera? 
Hold on. Several several of the other ones had a color heading, didn't they, John? They had they moved no, the, the 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 heading as I pointed out before, you could tell they took a document that had a, a, a letterhead on it right. and they photocopied it in order to have a stack of paper to put in their laser printer. Right. So you can tell that the print the, the context of the letter itself is nice clean laser jet uh, text. But the whole letterhead is a copy. Yeah, the letterhead's fuzzy. It's yep. f- the letterhead. And also, is it seems like. A and fake. also, the the seal, the seal is on the wrong side. Every the other document I have from them, it's always on the other side. This is this is desperation, folks. This is desperation that we're analyzing right here. Or they've outsourced it to some, you know. Uh, they probably you know, the uh, one branch of the ADL. Right. Or something. Who, who knows? But, you know, if we give them, I'm ta- I don't think I'm going to send anything back on this because uh, it just doesn't make sense. There's too many unusual loose ends. Well, it's completely unprofessional. It, it's, it's a liaison officer. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. The, the question is, being that we can see the abnormalities already, if you respond, would they put that in your administrative file? Well, who, who would they? Because we I'm don't sure know they who they are. No, no, exactly. This seems like a, you know, these are conspirators, no doubt. Yep. This is probably one of their uh, weakest you know. efforts, at least with the other buff letters. They come from the passport office, you know. Roger. Right. Yes. This is Mike. Yeah, Mike. Why don't, why don't you just make a response letter, copy the letter they sent you, Copy your affidavit and then send it back to Secretary well, that, of State. That's what we're going to do, basically. Uh, on top of the two pages of court decisions saying that you federal citizens are U.S. property. Are John and Kathy with us? Are John and Kathy with us yet? I can't imagine they haven't got stationed. Yeah, we're we're here. Okay, we're all here. right, all right. Well, you didn't announce yourself. How you doing? No. Well, doing fantastic. Miss Stacy's here and Kathy's here. We're all doing good. Okay, great. Well, we're anxious to hear from Stacy. Good morning, Kathy, and welcome, Stacy, to our regular platform here. Hi, how are you doing? Well, we're good. We want to hear from you. So we're going to put all this political and response letter stuff off to the side here and concentrate on our guest, Miss Stacy. And you told us our story, your story last night. We've got a little bit less time than we had last night, but we're not going to have any commercial interruptions. And I'm sure there's some folks on here that want to ask you questions, okay? But since uh, I took a poll earlier, and most people didn't seem to have listened last night, so they haven't heard from you yet. And so why don't you just – we got about, uh, about, uh, what, 55 minutes or something? So roll it out for us, Miss Stacy. Introducing Stacy from Ohio to the Radio Ranch audience here on Eurofolk and Global Voice. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I am sorry for the people that didn't hear my long-winded version of my story last night. <laughs> um, I'll do my best to condense it down. Um, essentially, I, I was injured by the jab, uh, by my second dose of the jab who shall not be named. <laughs> and uh, I was suffering for a really long time from that injury. <laughs> now, Stacy, when I heard um, you, were you the I, one yeah, that were you here. were you the one that had this counted down to the day 
that you were counting the yes, days? Okay, right. okay, great. Yes, 561 days to be exact, uh, which is technically like 18 months if you want to get technical. Um but yeah, I started counting the days because the days were just so long. Like I was so so sick uh, that the seconds seemed to just tick by. Then the slower progression than that I've ever experienced in my life. Like when you're a child and how time passes, and it seems like the longest time ever for the school year. Right. That, it felt longer than that. <laughs> it felt it felt really bad. So yeah, I did. I counted the days. Um, it's also kind of how I documented it and diaried all of my stuff online, which is where a lot of people might recognize my name or my face. Um, so I was, I'm a kind of cute on TikTok, and my story went viral there because um, when my injury happened, I, I just didn't have anybody to talk to or go to. Um, even physicians were, you know, just blinking at me and sending me on my way. Um, so I took to the Internet and shared my story and went viral. Um, quickly got shut down several months later, um, you know, after a bunch of uh, time in jail and being suspended here and there, they finally just t- did a total blackout of me and my whole family on TikTok, even my daughter who didn't live with me anymore. Um, so they silenced me, um, but I kept posting, I kept diarying uh, all of my stuff on Facebook. And through that, I met um, Kevin Street. Uh, he's also another uh, jab injured person. And we became close friends. We chatted regularly, daily, um, commiserated, um, and, you know, would share things with each other, like, hey, did you try this salve? Did you try this ointment? Has your doctor prescribed that? You know, just chit-chatting. And um, so he started sharing with us about this wand he was using. Um, And Kevin was, let me just explain, um, Kevin's damage was more visually severe than mine. Like, he he couldn't walk. Um, he looked like a baby deer. He couldn't get his footing. Um, his balance was all off. Just severe, severe neurological symptoms. Um, I, this man and I, we talked regularly for 18 months daily. No improvements wow. to our symptoms. Just different rounds of medications that we were trying or supplements we were trying. Um, so after two times of using this device, Kevin was up and walking, and he wasn't using a cane or a walker or his service dog or anything. And I'm like, okay, what is that? (laughs) Stacey, can I interrupt you for a second? So you and Kevin were in communication for 18 months trying all these other alt uh, 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 things that might help you before he stumbled on the wand. That is correct. And it was the – it was yeah. the chiro- retired chiropractor from northern Michigan that, that got the wand to Kevin, I believe. Um, I don't remember, like, where John came from. John King is the one who gave Kevin his wand. Right, right. From what I understand, uh, John King is actually, he came into the company because he just saw what a great device it was and wanted to help sick people, and that's how John got started. Right. Um, and, yeah, John found Kevin's story and wanted to help him, and that's how Kevin got his wand. So when I saw Kevin's results, I was like, oh, we're on to something now (laughs) because Kevin and I had so many similar symptoms. You know, he had more severe symptoms on some things, and I did on some things, you know, kind of, but very similar. So I'm like, there's got to be something to this. So I started researching the product, um, and, and, you know, the price point was a little bit high for me, um, honestly, because I was in a lot of debt. Um, it's, you know, 350 bucks for the Classic, which is the device that I swear by. Um, but anyway, uh, after seeing him use that device twice and going back to walking, and I'm not saying, like, he was miraculously healed back to normal walking after two, two sessions, 
but he was walking <laughs> when he was previously well, unable to. The video um, and then the, within a week of that the video when you guys were interviewed together showed I, I went back and watched the video and he showed him yeah. he was having to lean against the wall and just like your description yeah. was perfect like a new a baby deer where they can't get his legs underneath him and uh he would yeah. lean against the wall and move himself along by leaning against the wall and having shaky legs i mean it's incredible yeah, and that's the thing that this the one of the biggest symptoms I had with my jab injury as well is like your center of gravity disappears. Um, you can't get your balance hardly at all, and you feel like you're constantly dizzy or falling in some direction. It's it's miserable. So like unless you're absolutely completely still, you're in some sort of misery or fighting your brain telling you to do something else. It's, wow. it's absolute torture. So. Yeah, I when it within a week he was jogging, that's when I made the decision to put it on my credit card and I said, screw it, if it's another thing that doesn't work. <laughs> if it's another thing that doesn't work, I'll add it to my collection in the kitchen that I have. <laughs> but I was like, I have to try it. So I did. And uh it was the best decision of my life, uh, because I stopped counting the days at five hundred and sixty one days because that was the last time I felt like I needed to. <laughs> um, I got my wand on a day that I was super, super sick, uh, had been vomiting for eight hours, struggling to make it through my new job that I had found recently, uh, working from home. I'm just absolutely miserable the day my wand showed up. And uh, I was reluctantly staring at it for a while. And then finally, um, <laughs> do, do something. Finally, I was like, okay, <laughs> we're going to try this. Because <laughs> I mean, it just seems like the lowest point of my life, right? I feel miserable. I've been sick all this time. I'm, I'm just checked out mentally. And here I am blowing up my hands with this blue light. <laughs> I was like, this better work or this is like you, the lowest you, moment of my life. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, the next step was the padded room, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we found her with this blue light. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just, you know what? I was like, Kevin had results, so it's got to work. There's got to be something to it. I just kept telling that to myself. So the next day, I felt pretty ca- crappy. Um, the device um, can cause some detox. Surprise, surprise. Um, when you're as poisoned as I am, I still say am because I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, uh, I slept most of the next day. And I did my session the next night. I did 15 minutes the second night. And then uh, I woke up on the third day. And that's what I call my magic day when I tell people my story is um, 80% of my neurological, like, brain haze, sickness feeling, all of those, those I have this huge list of symptoms I can show you. Um, it was gone. And, like, I was back in my body. I felt uh, normal. I felt like my body was functioning properly. I, I literally popped up out of bed. That's what actually startled me. As I popped up, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I just popped up out of bed, and I didn't feel like I was going to pass out. I didn't feel dizzy. I didn't feel like I was going to throw up. Like, none of that stuff happened. And then I started, like, turning my head, and I'm whipping my head back and forth, like, oh, I can turn my head, and I don't feel sick. And, like, so it was just just like being a new baby at that point (laughs) because I had spent uh, 561 days not able to do the simplest little thing, and it was just me kind of going around going, Oh, I can lift this gallon of milk now, and I don't feel like I'm going to die. Okay, cool. (laughs) That that kind of thing. Um, And it's been that way ever since. And that was, it'll be five weeks ago, uh, Wednesday. Five weeks? uh, As long as you've had this one, it's only five weeks? That's correct. Five weeks. It'll be five weeks Wednesday. Yeah. 
Oh, Stacy. Well, it, everybody on here can hear your the vibrancy in your voice. Uh, the fact that yeah. you that nobody that's got the symptoms of these poor people that are suffering can sound like that. Okay. Can no, be, absolutely not. No, I can't. I can't. I've lamented that watching my footage now of when I was sick is really hard and difficult to watch. In fact, if anybody saw when I was interviewed by Price on the live stream. I was already sobbing when they cut back to me because they were playing footage of when I was really sick. And um, it Hell, just it you had, torments my soul. Yeah, you, you had me sobbing, and I didn't even see the video. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it really, it really um, it torments my soul to know that there's people out there in that condition, the condition that I was just in five weeks ago, that are suffering every bit as I was suffering and people are turning them away in that condition and telling them that they need a therapist or they need to lose weight or it's just because of their age or we don't know what to do with you. Go see this other specialist because that's literally what I did for 561 days was just get passed off to the next person, um, people blinking at me, um, ignoring my scans, like imaging that I had done, finding out months later that imaging showed that I had strokes. They didn't even tell me, you know, all the gaslighting. And those are the people that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to. I have to become an affiliate and start distributing this thing because there's so many people out there like me that feel tens, the way that I tens of feel, and I don't want anybody to feel that way. <laughs> tens of millions or more. Why, yes. why don't yes. you tell them why you took the jab in the first place? So um, in 2021, April 2021 is when I got my second dose, the one that I acutely reacted to. I reacted to my first, but it was like just a little bit, quote unquote, of heart issues. Um, so I went ahead and got my second. So um, the reason that I got it is because of the fact that uh, my 40th birthday was coming up. April 25th, 2021 would have been my 40th birthday. Um, and I really wanted to see my family. I, I, my family was, um, you know, coming and hawing and not wanting to come to my birthday party because I wasn't going to be vaccinated and all my people weren't going to be vaccinated and da 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 and out of, like, simple just, like, frustration and wanting life to get back to normal because um, my, another bargaining chip that was used on me was that my mom has COPD and that COVID is going to kill her and I'll be responsible for her death if uh, I don't get the vet. You know what I mean? Just social, all kinds of crazy stuff. Social, so and, family, first, social yeah. and family pressure is what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I and I succumbed to it. And you know what's funny is I didn't even post when I got my shots because it was such a polarizing topic. And I honestly had a horrible feeling about it when I did it anyway. I didn't even announce that I had gotten the shot at all. Like, because I just, I don't know, something in my soul knew. <laughs> and especially after my second dose, I was like, yep, <laughs> it's going to mess with anybody. It got me. But yeah, um, it was a lot of just family pressure and frustration, just wanting my life to go back to normal. It was my 40th birthday. Right. You know what I mean? That's a huge milestone in anybody's life. Of course, I wanted to see my family and hug my family for my 40th birthday, you know? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's last... the part that sucks is like there was pressure from both sides like and that's why when I went public I'm like oh, here we go because I knew that I was going to get hatred from both sides people that you know were against the vaccine all along and said oh you know don't get that it's poison they would come and say you're an idiot you deserve to die you should have listened to us when yeah. I'm like I don't really know what you're talking about because <laughs> I don't I didn't pay attention to that kind of stuff I really didn't 
Um, and then from the other side where they're like, oh, you're going to kill people because they're going to get COVID because you're telling them not to get the shots. So I got it from both sides. But I was like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I didn't care. When I made that video from the hospital bed, I was like, we somebody has to start talking about this. If yep. that has to be me, then that has to be me. Yep. But that's that's literally what I felt in that hospital room. Like, this needs to be documented. And that's why I documented it so thoroughly, even when I felt like I was dying so many times. Like, if there's gaps in my diary or my journaling on my Facebook, it's because I just didn't have the strength to lift my phone. I'm that's shocked really that you reason. just started because, this five weeks yeah. ago. I, I thought it was much longer than that. So <laughs> that, that startles no, me when you no. said that. It did it. Yeah. I mean, it startles me. I have to be honest with you. I, I still like pinched myself like, wait, are you sick? Are you okay? <laughs> there was, I mean, I, I questioned my sanity for 561 days because I had specialists telling me that I was healthy, even though I had 40 bad lab reports, you know? Um, so I've questioned my sanity since the five weeks has passed too, but for a totally different reason. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good thing now. Now I'm like, nope, it's still real. <laughs> I'm still here, and I'm still not sick, and it's great. <laughs> well, I, I think we can all hear it in your voice, okay? I mean, you really, I can't, yeah, just go just go scroll, scroll back on my Facebook six weeks. You'll see a massive difference. It's huge, and I, and I do post some, like, before and after stuff here when it comes across because, like, a memory on Facebook will pop up, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh. I was, that was just a year ago. I was so sick. Look how puffy my face is. Look how, I mean, I look like a different person. Right. A completely different person. Now, you also mentioned last night that you're losing weight with this and not intentionally, right? Oh, no, not trying at all. But um, I've actually, part of my little daily routine that I do, that I, I endorse and I recommend for anybody who's a fresh wander, um, a <laughs> is fresh doing the thyroid. Um, for whatever reason, intuitively, I was like, you know what, Stacey, I don't think your thyroid has ever functioned as it should. So let's just wand it. Let's see what happens. And uh, I've been doing that since uh, the third day that I had the wand. And it is like the best energy boost ever. And so I'm like getting this natural, clean energy all the time. I have, I don't feel like I'm dragging by 2 p.m. like I used to. I don't feel, you know, even before injury, I'm talking before injury, Stacey, even. This is like the most energy I've ever had. So I feel that. That's part of it. Then because of my energy, like, being the way it should, I'm I'm not really hungry. Like, my metabolism is functioning as it should. My body, I'm overweight. I have plenty of fat stores, so it's like my body's recognizing those and not sending the hunger signals. So I'll just literally forget to eat. <laughs> so then I'm fasting. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just added fasting to my regimen. See now, that? Wink, wink. But <laughs> Now, you mentioned um, that fasting. The thing is, I just... You mentioned the fasting yeah, last it's, night. It's, I mean... And and I listened to yeah. uh, Jeff Rents and Erica Kahn uh, 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 when they're on, okay, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Rents. He's the mm -hmm. one that badmouthed the wand last week, okay? And they uh, they go into social media, uh -huh. into vax and non-vax categories. That's what Erica, she's a MIT PhD and all this nano stuff. She's brilliant, okay, and, and uh -huh. seemed like a great okay. gal, okay? And they have had reports from inside those groups that fasting helped people. And the fact that you're not feeding yeah. the spike protein or something, there's some food calorie conversion there that's not happening when you fast, and it does make people feel better, evidently. Yes, it does. And so what's crazy is I got um, a functional doctor out in California named uh, Dr. Vanessa Passoff. She's amazing. She's She has, like, mentors with 
She mentors with big name doctors that you would recognize. Like I couldn't even list them all. She's awesome. She actually reached out to me and helped me pro bono and was one of the only doctors that was like, I'm going to try to actually help you figure out what's going on. So she name? ran uh, uh, Dr. Vanessa Passov. It's P-A-S-S-O-V as in Victor. Um, but she's actually uh, moving her practice to Tennessee from California right now. She's smart. doing a huge move. She but really, anyway, um, she really is yeah. smart. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, she's committed, baby. <laughs> but yeah, she had a lymphocyte map done on me, which was a really cool test to have done. I I could show you side by side results of when she ran the blood test the first time. They actually messed up the test and had to redo it a second time. So I actually got to do the test twice, kind of for the price of one. <laughs> but um, on that first half of that blood work, I was alarmed because. I mean, my T, my CD4, my T cells, all this stuff. Basically, on paper, it looked like I had HIV, like full right. blown AIDS. Well, you do. You, like they're, like, they're injecting one, you. With, it's called AIDS. Right. Vaccination, right. vaccinated AIDS. Right. Exactly. And it was shocking to see it on my own lab work, though. I think that was what really just whoa. Oh my gosh! This is not like a conspiracy theory. This is this is really in my face. This is right. on paper. It looks like I have AIDS. What the heck? Right. So it freaked me out. I did I did research and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do some hardcore fasting. So I started doing that in May. It was like right before I started this new job that I have had gotten working from home. And I'm like, I'm gonna need all the energy and everything that I can because it's gonna be a very mentally taxing job. It was all data entry, you know. So I was having to like use a lot of brain power. So I started fasting like 72 hours at a time, and then she re-ran that test, and you would not believe how much my blood work changed in such a short period of time just from doing 72-hour fasts like twice wow. a week. Okay. That's good information yeah. right there, yeah. folks. Yeah, it was insane. And, and like, you could even do, like, one 72-hour a week and then just do, like, one meal a day because I did that a lot, too, because doing 72 hours is intense. It's, yes. a, it's a lot. Um, so but, did you just do the charged water? Yeah, well, um, I actually didn't have a wand then at all. No, right, nope. this was pre wand, pre wand stuff. No. Nope. <laughs> so Sorry, last I night, water, but yeah. So, oh, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll interrupt in a second here. I was just going to say the the wand is actually just. Um, I feel like the the appetite that I'm not feeling or all that, I think that's just my body working as it should. My body is going to my fat stores as it should during a fast because I learned about all this when I started fasting years ago. Um, when you're in a fasted state, people think you're going to starve. You actually don't. Your body goes to, your, to its stores and says, what do I have in here? Right. And it eats the fat stores first. Right. That's what your fat storage is for. So I think that's what my body is doing is just like, yeah, girl, we got plenty. You don't need, <laughs> you don't, you don't need anything. You're good. <laughs> So um, I just have, like, no appetite. So I think the last time I weighed, I'm actually not going to weigh again for a month this time to see the biggest, the bigger jump. Uh -huh. But um, I had lost uh, 30 pounds within Whoa. three weeks of using the water. Whoa. Three weeks. Yeah. That's serious. Yeah. <laughs> now, no. last night we touched. Yeah, you, got, you got something to add, Kathy? No, that was me. Don't no. weigh on the full moon. You, you get added pounds during that time. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> um, last night we touched on this rent stuff and this. Uh, whoever the guy that's putting out the bad information on the wand with doesn't have a very good background. Uh, Doctor Corey. I guess I'm not sure. Is that who it is, Doctor Corey? 
Pierre Corey. Yeah. yeah. I have the Twitter post if you want to see it. He says so many and have had bad effects and don't use this. This isn't helpful. You know, I'm tired of these doctors playing <laughs> God. Where was he when we needed him? Right. Well, now you said you had some well, other information. Thing, that's a funny story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to, if oh, yeah. we got I've time got, here this I've morning. Got the entire... <laughs> I think there's a few types of wands around. Yeah. And well, there the may be. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Here's a picture of it in the box. <laughs> okay. All right. But there yeah. was something in the testing that he did that you mentioned kind of uh, offhand last night that we could talk about it more in depth that you were aware of. And if, oh, yeah. If, if you, if you well, could. I'm going to connect all the dots. All right. Well, let's do that. <laughs> okay. So, um, I think on last night's program, uh, we had touched on, mentioned that Kevin and I had felt um, compelled or called to give out some free wands to people we knew that were sick like us, right? right. So um, that's what Kevin did. Kevin gifted a couple of wands to the people in our in our little injured community. Um, one of the people in our injured community decided that they didn't like how quickly they were not getting results like Kevin and I. Um, and then went, went went against advisement and used the device for 107 minutes, um, like right out of the gate. So um, <laughs> that person went into a really heavy detox. Uh, that person contacted Dr. Corey and said, hey, I tested this wand. It's putting off dangerous EMS. You need to warn the whole community. And oh. that's how that came about. Uh, the device has not been tested by that doctor. Um, the device that the doctor has was mailed to him by the person who misused it, and uh, they're claiming that they're going to sue us and all of this stuff, um, but the, all of their claims are unfounded because the device has been tested thoroughly um, by people online like myself. I did my own test um, video. It's on my Facebook, on my Twitter on my uh, TikTok, there's no dangerous EMF coming from the device. That is completely false. Um, but regardless, those those tests were already passed by the company for getting distributorship in our country. So um, they can't just distribute devices that emit all that radioactive frequency. They do actually monitor that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, just a big mess uh, created by someone who misused the device, um, didn't want to follow guidance. We tried to help her out and just didn't work out and she feels the need to um, track the device which is unfortunate because it's going to scare some people from using it but I'm here to tell you using it on week number five I'm totally fine <laughs> I'm more than fine I'm great praise God, and, praise uh, God. yeah exactly and I you know and that's the thing is <clears throat> people are going to get results at different levels people are going to have miraculous day number three like I did some people might have miraculous week number three. It just depends on what exactly your target goals are with detoxing, what exactly your, your blockages are, what kind of medications are you taking, what, what kind of foods are you eating, what kind of poison is in the, the pop that you're drinking, you know what I mean? There's, it's a collective thing when you're detoxing, and that's right. what natural modalities are about. Right. Uh, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people grasp that. People want an instant cure, an instant pill, yeah, well, and they're not going to find that anywhere. But we, I can tell you, we live this in... Is, this is your 95% pill. <laughs> right. We live in an instant gratification no. society. They've conditioned us that way. You know, you want to go buy something, give them a credit right. card. You want to got a headache, take a pill. Okay. Um, what comes right. to my right. mind is one of the previous testimonials we'd heard a few weeks back about a gal that was in a wheelchair 
and someone sent her one mm-hmm. and said, try it. If you like it, buy one. If you don't, send it back. And she was overusing it. That's the point I want to make. And she heard a doctor uh, yeah. with another uh, user who said, don't use it over an hour a day. And they were using it. I think they say you can use it up to two hours a day. And she was maxing it out and wasn't getting the results until she backed down under an hour a day. And now she's out of the wheelchair. Okay. Right. Right. So I think and that's over, what I've told people too that right overuse may be a caveat here. Oh yeah, so very much so when you first got it, you just went slow because you didn't want to go into a healing crisis. Is that right? Right, I'm familiar with detox processes because of the, I, I think from being a faster, obviously, because I learned about detox when I did an extended like 14 day water fast. So. Mm-hmm. I kind of already knew what the word detox meant and that umbrella term for a lot of different things. Um, I also planned my first session before a day where I knew I could call off work <laughs> if I needed to, <laughs> you know? Um, so I kind of just expected that. Um, now that I'm a, an affiliate and a distributor, I realize that not everybody's educated on that. So I'm here to educate them on that. Like, right. oh yeah, by the way, this is a natural thing. It's not a medical device. It doesn't operate like a medical device at all. So, um, I'm just making that part of my education with my clientele and whoever comes across me and asks a question, I try to let them know, go slow, (laughs) slow and steady wins the race. I'm five weeks in, I'm still only at 20 minutes a day and I'm perfectly fine with that number. I'm very happy there. My body is happy there. You're using 20 minutes a day. You're using this 20 minutes a day and you're getting these results in, in five weeks. That's correct. Oh, and wow. I, the, the first session I did was 10 minutes, no water. I want to make that clear. I didn't do the water thing at first because I had such bad gastro issues. So I just did the launch for like the first five days. No water at all. Hold on. Where's the ambient noise coming from? Please, somebody cut your mic, your mute off. Um, this is important we're talking about here. Okay, please. Um the I was trying to think I lost my train of thought there. Go ahead, Stacy, if you would, please. Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Oh, that's okay. No, yeah, I just was saying that um I did it for I only did the wand for the first week. I didn't even do the water till the second week because I had such bad, bad gastro issues that even just drinking plain water made me feel nauseous because that's pretty much all I could drink yeah. for months at a time. Yeah, you were talking um, last night. So that's I what I want. Was, that's yeah. what I wanted to comment on on your throwing up, where you were throwing up of whole food, and then you'd go into the dry heaves yeah. for four or five or six hours, which has got to be misery. Oh yeah, the dry heaves are just absolutely oh, my misery. Oh, they're awful, and they're and it's like dry heaves like I've never had, like so violent. Like I had I, the first episode, actually the first two episodes I had because I had no idea what was going on, and I was terrified. Um, when I went to the hospital, everybody was just looking at me like, oh, my gosh, is this woman dying? Because it was so loud. I've never had that sound come out of my body ever. And that's, I think, my body, the the day after I got my wand was so sore because of that because I've right. been doing that the whole day before. Oh. But, yeah, with, uh, that's what's also so crazy to me is that I was so sick on Wednesday. And then when I popped up out of bed Friday morning after two sessions, that's it, one 10-minute and one 15-minute. I'll never forget it. Um, no water, nothing fancy. Um, really, uh, to be honest with you, like I said, it felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird. This device is, it's strange. I'm just blowing this warm air onto my skin. It's just very weird. 
it felt awkward at first, but man, it, it works. And now I do a cycle now where I do six days on, two days off, just so I can give my body a break from detoxing from whatever, you know, right. just to reset kind of. Um, and I miss those two days because I, I miss my little energy boost. <laughs> right. I think we've I really learned. Like that one. We that's heard a, somewhere, one. we heard somewhere in one of the testimonials to take a day off, you know, and so usually Sundays is the mm-hmm. day I take off. I just don't use it. But you need to give your body yep. a little bit of a rest, evidently. Right. Well, and I figure that's just kind of like how it is with anything. That If you took Tylenol every day, it would eventually stop working. Oh, yeah. Or if you took, you know, the same amount of vitamin C forever, it may not work for you. Know, you know what I mean? You have to adjust those things as you right. go, for sure. Right. Makes sense. Um, so, Stacy, you got anything else to add? I mean, I know your story. We spent a lot of time on it last night. But I want to be sure to open up for our group here if anybody wants to ask you questions or converse with you. Uh, that I want us to have that opportunity, too. But I want you to get the majority of what you wanted to say out of the way. So if there's anything else you can think of to cover for us, or if John and Kathy can, uh, uh, you know, they've heard several interviews with you, it could nudge you if they can think of something that you might not on the spur of the moment. But uh, I'm so glad you joined us today, and you sound, I mean, you sound great, Stacy. <laughs> Thank you. I feel great. That's what. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. So I, we can tell. I we can, we can hear it in your voice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, no. I hear it in my own voice, even just when I'm talking. It's so it's so weird to hear myself talking because I also had um, really bad speech aphasia that would plague me most of the time, where I would stammer over my words and stutter and get stuck, and that doesn't happen anymore. So I, sometimes I'll be talking and like. I'm like, did that really just come out of me? <laughs> so, now, yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> on your daily routine, are you just doing the chakra points? How are you doing? And, and your thyroid, how are you doing your daily routine? My daily routine, so um, I think I mentioned already, but I do like five minutes on my thyroid when I get up in the morning, whenever that happens to be, because I have weird hours now because of the business. But, yeah, when I get up and get my day going, I do five minutes on my thyroid. Um, I do start my water to drink throughout the day now. Um, I do incorporate that. And then at night, when I do my what I call my good night session, um, I warm up my water to a hot tea temperature, and then I charge it. And then I drink that, and then I do my palms, the soles of my feet, the back of my knees, my armpits, and then I focus a lot on my head, face, and ears because I had so much neurological issues that I just felt intuitively I should focus there. And so that's what I do at night. I set a timer for 15 minutes. Um, and I just, I, I make sure I focus a couple minutes on each opening point, the palms, the soles of the feet, back of the knees, armpits. And then I focus a lot of the time, the rest of the time on the face, head, and ears. And that's because of the extreme dizziness, the speech aphasia, the lesions on my brain, all the stuff that I had that I focused there. And it's just, it's just working for me. It's yeah, tell, little them about the, life tell them about the MRI and what, how the MRI came back on those lesions. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, I think that the neuro, uh, neurologist who finally counted them for me uh, was either 47 or 48, 46, something like that, uh, lesions on my brain. And then um, the third neurologist who looked at that MRI, which is the one I finally got like a third opinion from, uh, was the one who pointed out that I'd actually had had a stroke and they had not told me. Um, so, and yeah, that would be why my face, I had went to the hospital with the symptoms of a stroke, um, the face drooping 
speech aphasia, um, inability to smile, wink, wink, all of that stuff. Uh, right. The right side of my body was drooped. My leg was dragging. Um, but, yeah, they told me that I just needed to lose weight and find a therapist. That's where a lot of these so. people evidently are, are uh, getting Epstein-Barr, which is what I think you're talking about with the face drooping, like or also after a stroke, too. Um, and oh, all that. So, funny story. Go ahead. Funny story. <laughs> I actually got tested for the, um, I got tested for EBV, like as a standard thing when they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. My regular doctor did it, um, like pretty soon after my, uh, second shot. And so, uh, she ran this test and all of a sudden EBV was popping up on my test. And then, and so that was like around, mm. I want to say like April 26th, 27th, something like that. Um, when I went back to the hospital in, on May 14th for another episode of something, I can't remember exactly what. Um, but, yeah, when they when they tested me again, because I told the ER doctor at that time, they're like, well, they told me it's EBV, that it's not the shot. It's this. This was the doctor was like, no, this is not EBV. This is the shot. <laughs> it's like I'm oh. going to tell you like it is. He could not find the EBV in my blood anywhere. He tested it in cultures, all kinds of stuff. He pulled it all different ways. We could not find it in my blood. He said if that EBV test had been actually like EBV, EBV, this would be showing t- something totally different. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And I didn't find out till later <laughs> the connection with the EBV and the VAX injuries. I don't know if you know about that. Oh, yes. But, yeah, it's a big piece. Yeah, big piece of that puzzle. And I have paperwork to prove that it happened to me. Wow. Yeah. John, John and Kathy, can you think of anything? How many you been to? Oh, God. How, how many doctors had you been to before you found this one? Uh, specialists all together, my count is 26. Whew. 26. And they 26 uh, didn't catch a stroke. This was the third like independent neurologist I had seen. There was actually six neurologists I saw at the same time at Cleveland Clinic that oh. never told me about the stroke. And it was on those scans. They they saw those scans. They're the ones that told me I had functional neurological disorder when I couldn't even speak or walk into the hospital when I got there. Oh. So, yeah, Yikes. it's it's crazy. And I was I was told by people that you know that I came along the way like that doctor that I told I would never share his name, but he actually was you know kept it real with me. He was the first person that said, "Yes, your suspicions are correct." This is from the shots. You're not wrong. You're not crazy. This is what's happening. Um, and what did he I've tell you? He said, don't, that, like, don't tell anybody because they're threatening to take my license away. I've been in front of the board three or four times. Is that the same guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he had been prescribing ivermectin for COVID patients and um, kept getting reported by, you know, somebody who thinks they're doing a good job but probably doesn't understand the gravity of what they're doing. But yeah. still, um they were also just being directly threatened. Like, if we catch you prescribing this for anything, we'll just suspend you. Right. This is like in his particular well, network. Well, you know, That's they, where pulled, they had gotten at that point. They pulled Peter McCullough's credentials. He's the, one, the single most published cardiac, cardiac heart guy in the history of medicine. Yeah. And they pulled his credentials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that man actually mm-hmm. hugged me. And I, I spoke at a conference in Ohio for the. Um, Children's Health Defense in May, and he was the doctor who came up to me after my testimony that day and was like, we're going to figure this out. I really love that guy. I have a lot of respect for him. Cool. Yeah, he seems he really, like a real good he guy. He really cares. He yeah, really who, cares. He is who not, threw, who threw him under about, the bus? Yeah, he's not about who, money or anything. Who, who threw him under the bus? Baylor University. 
Mm, of course. Okay. He joined. He joined our lawsuit in California, but had to back off from it because of that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, John well, and Kathy, have you got anything else that you want to prod Stacy that you might want to bring? Oh, I just the discussion? wanted to throw in there that uh, was uh, supposedly passed so that hospitals could dish it out. You know, and uh, so what they're doing is uh, they're just sticking to uh, remdesivir. Right. Protocol. Right. And, uh, they don't order any ivermectin. If they don't have it, they can't give it. So then they talk well, about it. You know, I, I heard early on in this a while back that when they settled on remdesivir as the prescribed treatment, that Fauci went out and bought all the remdesivir that was in the world and brought it back to the U.S. Well, he owns a patent on it as right. well as the United States. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, John, yeah, I want to. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All they're doing is just build on all that from all those years ago, Dr. Robert Gallo and all those damn crooks, too. Um, Stacy, I'm going to yep. open it yep. up for our audience. If anybody wants to talk to Stacy or ask a question or anything, uh, but come forward and let's get that going. Absolutely. While we're waiting, I think it's oh, important hey, to give a little dis- disclaimer here that we're not saying that if you buy the wand, that if you've got these problems, that the wand is going to help you. Uh, it, it, you know, it's not a medical device. It's it's something that helps the body uh, restore its balance. And um, we don't want anybody thinking that if, if this is going to be their magic bullet. We don't know. Uh, the body okay. does what it's going to do. But uh, you may not have the same result as uh, Stacy does. You know, I think it's important to put it into perspective that we've been talking about this one since July when we first stumbled into it, either on Jim's show or our show after I got involved. And uh, it's only within what Stacy's just been using it five weeks. We just found out about this three weeks ago. But it's such a huge market and such a serious problem with people that have nowhere else to turn to get any relief from what I can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me Absolutely. add to that. Let me add to that. She uh, just got it five weeks ago. She's been sharing it with this whole group of people that were entered back that she uh, she uh, consoled online. The, all they had was each other to talk back and forth to. Right. They didn't have anybody else to, for support. And uh, right now, I want to congratulate her because she is on the leaderboard. She decided to uh, share this with all kinds of people. And uh, <laughs> she's not stopping. This is her mission no, now. I, I, can, I can tell you're not going to stop this girl. Uh, Stacy. somebody asked no, you last no. night, somebody called in and asked you about you penetrating this group of, uh, of, of, of affected people. And how many wands have you put in their hands? And, uh, and you said that they're not one person is one to return to their reported bad effects. Is that right? That's correct. I've, I think the last time I added it together, roughly added it, I've sold 140-something wands, I think, but I gifted like 26 of them to, to either people privately or publicly, whatever they chose. Um, I sent it out to family. So out of all of those people, I have gotten no bad reports, no bad feedback, nothing but positive feedback. Um, and I especially check on my injured family, of course, um, because they're dear to me. 
Um, and nothing but miraculous results. I mean, it's, it's insane. And that's why I, I felt so compelled to do this because it gave me the opportunity to be that support for them in a whole different way, like giving them the hope that we didn't think any of us had. And that's just, that's, that's been what has been motivating me this whole time. <laughs> and what's going to keep motivating me is um, oh, yeah. that hope is here. Hope is alive. And it's it's the right to try. Try it, baby. <laughs> try yeah. it. It might seem silly. It might seem so simple, but just try it. <laughs> that's all I could say. <laughs> yeah. I have a yeah. quick question. Okay. Somebody's got a question yeah. for Stacy. Who's that? Yeah. Uh, this is Dave, New York. Uh, I just, uh, I was wondering. Um, I, I missed a lot of this talk, but you said, um, I'm wondering how we can harm ourselves with this device. If we, if we use it greater than an hour, we could possibly cause damage. So don't do that. Are there any other precautions that I missed? I don't know that it causes damage. It just doesn't give you the effectiveness and whether it's an over detox. Coltrane a minute here. Okay. Okay. Back to The lady that's claiming she got damaged. Didn't she have breast implants? That's correct. Yes. Okay. That's a major thing. We always say if you've got implants, don't do it over the implants, guys. Yeah. Girl, girls, yeah. girl. Yeah. Well, maybe guys these days. Yeah. I also want to remind people that the damage word is dangerous here because um, detoxing is not damage. Detox is a temporary swell of symptoms or uncomfortable symptoms that appear as your body is ridding itself of the poison. And that's what this device does. It goes in there and it shakes up the poison and helps your body get rid of it, shed it out. So sometimes right. those symptoms are going to be unpleasant. I, and I can guarantee you, if you use it 107 minutes straight out of the box, you're going to have a really nasty detox symptom of some sort. <laughs> that's just a, that's an extreme amount of time for using the this powerful device right it. out of the box. The technical word for it is a Herx. Reaction. Oh, there you go. H-E-R-X. Thank you. Yeah. Right. H e i m e r. Herxheimer reaction. And yeah. it happens yeah. when and anybody And a lot of times they yeah, think I'll that be the flu and all that is is just your body detoxing and right. not really a virus. Right, Stacy. Right. So I will tell you that I did overwhand myself. Okay. So you get excited, you start to have this huge relief of symptoms. You're like, oh, I got to keep doing that. And I I did overwhand myself in the first week or two because. You feel like you have to, you know, it has that, the, the instructions, all the research I said, you can use it up to two hours a day. Um, it did talk about detox stuff in the research that I saw, and I was prepared for that, but I didn't realize that some symptoms of the overwanding could be that some of my symptoms that had already previously disappeared had come back. So, like, for instance, one evening I was sitting here and I'm, like, feeling like crap. I had done my wand for, like, 30 minutes, right, um, which is long for me because I'm still at 20 and five weeks right now. So um, I was like, oh, man, I'm feeling like crap. And a couple of my tremors came back, tremors in my hands that I haven't seen for six months or more. And I was like, oh, no. And I started to panic, like, oh, no, I'm going to relapse. This is bad. Oh, no. And I started to go down this whole cycle. And the mental health portion of this is a big piece of it. Um, But I just I sat through it. Those symptoms did not come back. It was almost like it felt like my body was going into that circuitry and fixing it. And then just it just released itself. And that's the best way I can describe it with all the symptom alleviation that I've had is that I can tell the body is circulating as it should. It's detoxing as it should, functioning more like it should. And that's why this stuff is getting cleared out of my body. And that's the best way I can describe it from my personal experience with it. Um, well, but I can tell you that each, each time I overwanted, those symptoms went away. 
they, they didn't. It's not something that sticks around. The instructions right. say to take a day off, right? Each week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is why I do the six days on, two days off. Now I give myself a two day break just to make sure I'm good to go. Give my body a break because detoxing is a lot of work on the body. It sure just is. is. Yep. It doesn't matter if you're doing a juice cleanse or not. It, you know, the body's doing a lot of work detoxing. So I think those breaks are important for sure. And the first time you did it, you only did it 10 minutes, right? That's correct. Yeah. first And, and that's time, how long I did it to get rid of yeah. my uh, edema and stuff. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to overdo things right off the bat. Well, you, you know, know that's the American way. How your body's going to react to it. Kathy, that's that the American right? way. If 10 minutes is good, 20 minutes is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Size, were there, yeah right? John, were there any other precautions? Oh, that's any other precautions that I missed other than the overwanding and using it over implants, especially of course silicone implants. If it ever released your silicone, uh, great. Yeah. yeah. But exactly. were there any other precautions? Yeah. yeah. But not yeah. to do not to do it on implants. Now they mentioned something, Kathy. We were talking last night after you and I and John about the foot, the new foot thing, and uh, the, the contact in Denver there. Do you want to tell that story? Um, well, I guess the uh, the new bio, yeah, uh, it's not for everybody. It's not going to be for everybody. Stick with your wand. Um, right. Because if you've got metal in your mouth, uh, we had a gal that got uh, a demo ahead of time. And uh, she she tried out the foot, the new foot thing. And it's it's intense. It goes through your body. And if you've got implants, you know, it might have a reaction on them. So I wouldn't advise it. Um, but she, uh, she tried the foot thing and ended up with a dental crisis because she's got metal in her mouth. And it ended up costing her a, a lot of money to go get the teeth removed that were having a reaction, you know. So, um, yeah, as that rolls out, we'll know more what to tell you, the contraindications. Okay. But that's that was her experience, and uh, it got us to thinking about a whole lot of things, you know, people right. with hip replacements and knee replacements. Right, right. but metal uh, implants, and, uh, Dave, you don't you, you want to do around the implant, whatever it is, and not directly on the metal because this thing penetrates and it's going to heat up the metal and there may be adverse reactions there. Okay. So that's that a caveat. A Pardon me? In your teeth and so on, fillings and crowns and, and, and I, what have you. I think Would it's got more to do with implants, but I, I don't know for sure. Well, those are, I mean, you know, I have, filling, um, I have a mouthful of metal and I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Stacey. <laughs> I have Go a ahead. mouthful of metal and I wand my face and head every night and, uh, I have no issues at all, and I have like all yeah. metal fillings. Um, the my wand. son, uh, yeah, my it's son like... basically ate my teeth when I was pregnant with him, and so <laughs> my uh, uppers and lowers are all metal. So I was concerned about that as well, but I've had no issues. I just use it at the cooler setting, right. and I just don't like leave right. it in one spot. Well, now, but like, let I just make, kind of wave it around. Let like me a blow make dryer. sure we were talking about this new thing that's out where you just put your feet in it. We weren't talking about the wand. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so differentiate that. Right, right, yeah, no, the, yeah, the wand is good. <laughs> so, Dave, yeah. did you have any more yeah, questions? Yeah, no, we have not had any problem with anybody with the wand. Okay, Dave, did um, you have you any follow-up? you always want to charge your water and drink it down. Uh, I think that's right. one of the most important things is charging all What's your that? liquids. It's not just water. I charge everything. I charge my coffee, any other, you know, anything I drink this liquid gets charged. Because it's all got mm-hmm. water I, I have one other question for Stacy. Yes. And that's, uh, have you looked into this affidavit information that, that we do here on this uh, the show? Because this would really protect you in a lot of ways with uh, doctors and uh, it, what they can it, do with putting you in hospitals and your, your children and so on. Like, it's it's incredible. Well, the other thing that might interest Stacy, Stacy, how much do you like the IRS? Right. <laughs> I shouldn't answer that right now. I have to ask, ask them for an LLC. <laughs> okay, well we can we can get you out of all that stuff. That's what we do here normally is remove people from the federal system. Oh, okay. So you may want to learn about that Ooh. when you get a couple of spare minutes. Oh. You want to think about it, okay? Because it's very powerful. Oh, Are we of just the, yeah. after you were off last night. We played a, a call from last week on the show here about a gal and her husband who literally using this one piece of paper removed their daughter from the clutches of cps and children's hospital yes. and a psychiatric ward okay we in a foreign state where people well, had not been noticed with, with with just one piece of paper all right it's very powerful Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm listening. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll that get one you. piece of paper is the affidavit to the Secretary of State. And That's Dave correct. and anyone else listening, you can find all the directions on the web for free. You don't have to just ask questions and decide whether you know it's for you or not. You can find everything on there. So, like I just said about taking a day off. Okay. A lot of people don't pay attention mm-hmm. to all the instructions. It says don't take a bath or shower or be in a draft for four hours after after you use it so it's it's yep. really good to use it before you go to bed so but people don't abide by that and then wonder why they have a bad yep. reaction now i want to bring something else out that we right. john you yep. and i and kathy talked about last night and then i got further confirmation this morning john i sent you this video the link to it this morning uh our good friend pat the uh, former delta pilot sent it to me and it's a guy going over what's going on in china okay and what he's talking about, and I've just gotten into the first part of it, okay, they're actually canceling ships now because there's not enough demand in the U.S. to fill a ship with Chinese goods. On top of that, the traditional Chinese New Year is January. It's like in Argentina where they take a whole in Europe, where they take a whole month off, okay? And the demand is sliding of, on all Chinese products because of the international economic situation that they're they're shutting down two weeks early this year. They're going to shut down in the middle of December. Now, whether that applies to these this manufacturing plant or not, but that's what's going on overall with China and goods and as this uh, economic situation goes south. So FYI, if you want to get one of these, I'm not saying there's going to be problems, but there may be. If you want to get one of these, get it while there's stock in the U.S. now. Absolutely. And uh, as of today, as of today, they still have that sale going on. Uh, you buy one at the regular 350 and you can get another one for 150 But we don't know how long the stock's going to last. So if you want to do that, you got to do it like yeah. 
yesterday. They took a certain <laughs> no, a certain amount of wands and allotted them to this promotion. And when the, that amount is yeah. gone, the promotion's gone. Yeah, that's it. There's another thing you should never want, and that's oh. if you're pregnant. Oh, probably so. Hey, Dan. Correct. Hey, brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even thought. Add, obviously, I hadn't thought oh, about I, that. Go ahead, Murr. I'm sorry. I I just wanted to say, Angry Castle is in on this too. Kind of in this group. Uh, she had Jim Ram on, and you know he came across it, got into it a little bit before the rest of us, and uh, with Kathy and John, and so um, she had someone in the chat room and that has filled in for her and stuff. Lives in the uh, Pacific Northwest and is having thyroid trouble and she thinks it's from the detoxing from the mercury in her fillings so they're working on that but uh you can have all kind of reactions you know and she may not be drinking enough water who knows that's yeah. that's very important it's super important right, we are we are referred, referred to as liquid gold last week who was who was that quick abram i have another okay. I question Quick, um, when I go through, through the site, it takes me to PayPal, and then it gives me an option to go to uh, to pay ver- through PayPal versus credit card. But it's still going through PayPal. Okay. Is there another way to do this without with avoiding PayPal? Through John, yeah, just give us a call, John. Uh, you got this one. You can walk him through that. Well, no, the whistler's in the background, so we're about out of time. But Oh, you don't have to run off today, so we can stay around a little bit after the program. But we're about to officially get knocked off the server. So you want to answer that, John? Well, yeah. We have a way of processing things without going through that PayPal side. Okay, perfect. Can I... Is there a number I can just call you directly? Yeah, it's on my, it's on our yeah. website over on the Matrix okay. Docs, or you can give it out again, John. We're still on the air. 951-790-9866. 951-790-9866. All right, very good. Thank you. Okay. We'll... And we're the email is on that, uh, thematrixdocs.com. Uh it's town crier c r y r at uh, usa dot net or usa dot com. Yeah, dot com. That's town crier at usa dot com. T o w n c r y r at usa dot com. Just for the audience, phonetic spelling. We're about to get kicked off the server uh, the server here, and we'll be back tomorrow. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you giving us your time. Okay, thank you. <laughs>